1: forget to head on over to our website shamelesssex.com for more and for 15% off of some of our favorite sex toys use coupon code shamelesspp in all caps at purepleasureshop.com
2: you are listening to a pleasure podcast for more from our sex podcast collective visit pleasurepodcasts.com
1: hello everyone Hi, everybody. Howdy, howdy, howdy. Happy May, because it's May. It's Masturbation May. Oh, when this episode airs. Yes. Right now it's actually April, but it's
0: Masturbation May. No, it's still March right now. Shit, it's not even. (laughs) (laughs) It's Masturbation May, though. This is one of my favorite months. It's true. I'm going on the road doing a bunch of... uh, trainings because of masturbation <gasps> may like folks want.
1: This is the month when we need to do the the masturbation challenge. Ooh,
0: the 30-day masturbation challenge. Well, maybe we need to We'll s- promote it in April.
1: Yeah! Oh my gosh! Okay, ding so b- ding
0: ding! Everybody just had a light bulb moment with us. If you don't know
1: um, the masturbation challenge that we just talked about, that actually hasn't been planned, but we just decided we're going to do it. Go to our Instagram at Shameless Sex Podcast at our Instagram, uh, and then you can learn more about what we're talking about. It is a self pleasure challenge where there's rewards and prizes and gifts using your hands only- or your. Yes. B-
0: we should say. For folks out there, maybe that we should say
1: because we're designing right now. Yes, we are designing uh,
0: (laughs) the self pleasing. So self pleasuring, self pleasuring because masturbation
1: actually means to to um to like dirty yourself with your hand or it has it has an old. Uh, definition or something that is not a positive one. So it still is called Masturbation Made. This is our self-pleasure challenge that is for folks who want to um, win some prizes, but also to learn how to have uh, have orgasms with your hands or
0: to have better orgasms with their hands. It's funny because a lot of words have these weird rooted meanings. Yes. Even like what in Spanish, like moleste. I'm always like moleste. That's like to touch. Oh yeah, but it's we just, think of molest. But we think of molest where it's like not consensual. Well, that's
1: where molestation... Yeah, the term came from, what about, what did you say, the rule of
0: thumb? Did you talk about that in the, yeah? What, the episode that we, we- No, it wasn't on the air. We talked Shari about before. It was oh, yeah. It was before we
1: even we, we tell our listeners what the rule of thumb means. The
0: rule of thumb was back in the day, I don't have an exact Breaking year, uh, men were allowed to hit their wives with only an object that was as big as their thumb,
1: so it was it was totally fine as long as it was no bigger
0: than your thumb. Yes, so that was the legality. So if you had a gigantic thumb, you could, you do could all find kinds a gigantic of crazy thing. Shit. Yeah, and oh. then you could yeah, that was what you could, and it was specifically your wife because obviously hetero normative. I'm um, assuming this was like in the Catholic in- Inquisition era.
1: Well, and also post, post
0: that's also that your, your wife was your property,
1: which well, we yeah. still are not are not necessarily live. We are not currently living in the the exact form of that, but there still is um, this idea, not just wives as property, but that marriage is still kind of a business arrangement for a lot of people. But yeah, so there are these terms that we use that we don't even think about.
0: Well, yes, and I know we there's so many of them that yeah. we have that are, I think... Less than desirable to use when you were, like. Th- we were talking about gypped. Which oh yeah, which that's is, w- that means that comes from gypsies. gypsies. Yeah. So y'all don't say gypped. Yeah. Try to well, say something like well, you ripped me
1: off. And if you say something and and you don't, it has know, a Then you're not a terrible human. It's just that when you learn the actual meaning of it or the the origin of it, or if someone tells you, hey, that offends me, then perhaps take that into consideration. But if you honestly don't know, then like if you didn't know that. Um, that the rule of thumb was actually referring to beating your wife, then we're probably not going to get mad at you. But if you're like, "Oh, I know that," and I'm still going to rock it. Then yeah. we might be
0: like, mm, "I said yeah. sitting." I said sitting Indian style
1: when you because you're raising Wisconsin. Well,
0: yeah, you know. and that was like what we also. I, I mean, uh, just until a few years ago. And actually, I think you said once when I was like, "Let's go on the floor and sit Indian style," and you're like, "Brr!" <laughs> and I was like, "Oh wait, yeah that that isn't necessarily." Uh, I wasn't trying to say anything negative about any culture. You didn't or know, though. I didn't know. Yeah. And so I love when my brain kind of grows when mm-hmm. I learn something that was my normal uh, connotation for cross-legged sitting. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, yeah, perhaps that isn't appropriate. Mm-hmm. And we all want to be. I mean, I hope that our listeners out there too strive for not only like a great, you know, sex life and relationship with their partners and with themselves, but that they also strive to just kind of do work to be a better human for this planet for everyone else. Which I think is a great segue into just mentioning
1: what this podcast is about. Is about threesomes and three ways and how to negotiate them and how to find them and where to find you know another person and how the conversations to have with your partner or with new partners about threesomes and it's super exciting and. Juicy, and it's with a sex educator that we love, and um, he talks about some things that are similar to what we're talking about. He specifically about accountability and some really yeah. hard pieces, some hard conversations to have about taking ownership of when um, we haven't been our best selves. And uh, so, just want I just want to state that that when we start this conversation with him, the first. A Little while is this really important conversation that please don't fast forward and please listen to because I think it's I we both think it's really important. So not only is it about all the sexy, fun, threesome stuff that we want to know. There's also some really important stuff about um, accountability, consent, uh, important conversations to have with people, how and we can be our best selves. You and
0: I have talked about this uh, off the air, off of our podcast air, where we've talked about, OK, accountability. If someone is guilty of something and they're taking complete ownership of that, specifically with the Me Too movement, they're not denying it and they're doing everything in their power to better themselves and educate themselves and also just completely be vulnerable and open and be like, I fucked up or I am sorry. I am now aware that this wasn't right. And I apologize to this survivor. And my whole thing is, how long do we punish these people if they are taking accountability? And that's a question to ask each and every one of you listening. Yeah, are, they, s- are they like a leper forever? Yeah, or- I mean, we've all done things. I'm sure in our lives. I know that, and I'm not even talking about a Me Too thing. I'm talking about in general that maybe I'm I'm not con- you know going to continue to beat myself up over, but I'll say. Something to someone that I'm like, wow, that was really fucking mean, April. Why did I just say that? Mm. And um, I and then I continue to apologize. And I mean, that's happened with you and I before, yeah. Uh, you know, and, and I'm like, I'm sorry, but how long do you punish people until you kind of recognize that's your own stuff? So I think with Reed, he's openly admitted his uh, part of this whole story and um, the happenings and took a year off from his sex education and I just want to commend him for... Well, he doesn't want to be commended. I know, but I I personally am able to. But he's asking
1: people, don't commend me. He's literally saying, don't commend me.
0: I think it's important though to recognize the importance in what he can teach other people. I think that we're going to have to edit this out because he he, he literally says... Really? Yeah, he literally
1: says in... That's fine. It was Mark. It's minute seven. He literally says in his thing, please... Please do not commend me for this. Mm-hmm. Do not say because this is this is what people want to do. Like I, I would want to do that. So yeah, we'll just I'll talk to you. I can talk about that a little bit, but I can totally
0: Okay, so that we'll out. stop after
3: that. Yeah. So that's fine. So you yeah, want to
0: point that out. Um, I think it's, it's important. The question is, how long do we fucking punish people?
1: Yes. Yeah. And, and I. Yeah. I I agree that if people are taking accountability and they're doing the work, they're showing you that they're doing the work, they're, and they're, they're actually doing the work. We can still have feelings about it, right? Like if someone, you know, they they murder your sister and they're doing the work to not be a murderer anymore, you can still have very strong feelings of, fuck that motherfucker, I don't trust them, I don't like them, da-da-da-da. But to be like, they don't deserve to have a life, they don't deserve to be on the streets, and I don't know, I'm not saying anyone's actually doing this with, with Reed, but... I, I think that if people are doing the work, we still at some point we have to remember that they're people, right? They're humans yeah. and they, they fuck up. And if they're not doing the work, if they're not like, hey, here's how
0: I can be a better person. Or it's deny, deny, deny. Yeah. The pointing fingers. Yeah. No, I didn't or do blaming, anything. Or blaming where Which you're is- not taking ownership where you're like, well, I was drunk.
1: Which is what happens in the Too movement this whole thing is yeah. like all these people in, in the um, in the film industry right did Harvey
0: Weinstein ever take don't, any I accountability I think most of them I not don't most,
1: think I think a lot of them did not and some of them have and there are some you know TV stations and movie studios I'm not saying those right um, that have just fired literally canned the people that have been called without out without any right without any real investigation and part of that is is there's some good stuff there. Mm-hmm. You know, there's there's good stuff in that we're finally in a place like we're talking about the rule of thumb, right? Mm-hmm. Where if the rule of thumb, your husband beats you in like 100 years ago, you're like, "Hey, my husband's hurting me." No one gave a fucking shit or or believes you. You you're just property. Why do we care? So now we're going to the other extreme side of okay, we need to f- like full-on believe survivors, which I totally agree with, and the extreme side is that um folks are getting you know fired and losing their their jobs and sometimes i think that it is totally valid right. um, and i don't want to necessarily in in this argument per, or choose sides and i think there's some blessings in it i think mm. there's some blessings in with the women that are calling people out having people choose their side and be like fuck yeah i agree with you let's change this thing right now with full force uh, and People get hurt along the way. And what Reed's doing is a whole different thing. He is taking accountability to a whole group to work with him. So again, we're not we're not commending and we're not like, Yeah, you did a great job. And what we're saying is just listen to it because I think there's some really important stuff here. He's not looking for pats on the back. Please don't pat him on the back for it. That's not what he wants.
0: Um, and but moving forward and maybe Yes. And, and hopefully shining some light on like, yeah. here's another way to do and it. And providing tools for people that want to be accountable. Yeah. Which is what he's
1: doing. Take ownership. Be an ally of the people that are saying, I was hurt by someone. Be an ally of women. You know? And so, if you don't
0: want to be an ally, just don't shame them. I mean, in, on some level.
1: But not shaming would be being an ally. That It's easy to be an ally by just not shaming by being like, you know what? I'm in support by just being here and letting you have your voice. Yeah. So, okay. I'm going to get off my soapbox. We have a sex question. Um, first, dear Chippity, I'd like to talk to you about something. What do you want to talk about? Medi- how great my hair looks? Your hair looks great. <laughs> Your hair looks beautiful. Thanks. I love the um, the ombre thing. Um, but what I want to talk to you about is meditation.
0: I am an avid meditator. I know. And how did you learn how to meditate? I usually was, I actually used an app for a long time. Uh, and then it circled back to YouTube and I ran out of YouTube, um, meditations that I enjoyed. So you're back on the app, the app
1: apps make life so easy and meditation also makes life so easy. I started meditating in 2012 and it changed my life. What I did was I started with five minutes a day for a week, then 10 minutes a day for a week, and then 15 minutes a day for a week. And then. I all of a sudden could meditate every day very easily. And apps are really what got me into that. And what I noticed was it changed my stress levels. It changed my overall well-being throughout the day. It also changed my sex life, made it so that I could be more present for sex because sex is just like meditation, great sex is, a single point of focus on touch or energy or, you know, your partner or whatever, not the stories in our head. And meditation really taught me how to do that in sexuality. Um, And so it totally fed over into other aspects of my life. So we are huge, huge, huge fans here of meditation. If not to, I mean, yes, for overall, Sanity for overall peace for your busy life to be less heady, more embodied, and to uh, have less stress. But also, if you're really looking to have more connected sex with yourself or with other people, take on a fucking meditation practice.
0: It gets you out of your head into your body, reduces anxiety. It's amazing. I, all of the genius people in the world, and I don't want to say all, but a lot of them, when you start looking into their habits, the habits of uh, highly successful people. They meditate on a daily. so Oftentimes in the morning. This shit's real. It's for real. So
1: um, we are both big fans of the Calm app. We're using it right now. I'm not even Um, a big fan.
0: I think it's the best app out there for meditation.
1: You're a big fan and you think it's the best app. It is. It's beautiful. Did I say but? Uh, no I think I'm not you just start with I'm not even a big fan I was like I oh, you're like where's this going Yeah, where, where are you going with that you don't
0: know, like Matthew McConaughey I'm not a big fan stories. that's what I say to people I don't like you I love you oh, and they're like
1: what because they, they're waiting for something yeah. bad they're like oh shit she just dropped I usually
0: it. don't start with the don'ts but you know what typically today I'm half of you, you just double don'ted that was like a that's two a negatives make a positive yeah that's what I'm working on here
1: <laughs> Um, so anyways, if you want to learn how to meditate, so this app is wonderful. It has all kinds of different meditations, but it even has a step, it'll actually step by step teach you how to meditate. Um, and you can choose five minute meditations 10 yes. minute meditations 15 minute meditations and learn what in even half an hour um, but if you want to learn more about it go to com.com backslash shameless sex so right now shameless sex listeners they get 25% off of a calm premium subscription at com.com backslash shameless sex that's com backslash shameless sex you get unlimited access to all of calm's content today at calm.com which
0: includes Matthew McConaughey reading nighttime stories and you can over and over again like Matthew loves me. They need to add a Morgan Freeman one. Too. They
1: have a whole bunch. It's not yeah. just him. They have a whole <laughs> bunch of them but it has your know, loving kindness meditations and breath meditations. anxiety Body scan. This is the other thing about meditation. We're all different. When I teach meditation to my clients um, we find what works for them. If they're movers and you know they're people that have a hard time sitting I have them do body scan meditations because you're literally focusing on different parts of your body. If you're great at sitting then we can do breath. You know it's different for everyone so. Anyways, go check it out. Meditations change our lives. Hopefully, it'll change yours. Or if you're already a meditator, then hats off to you. We love you. You're in the know. What about a sex question? We got sex a good one. Sex
0: question?
1: Yes. Will you pour me a glass of wine though
0: first? Yes, I will. What well, are we
1: drinking today? Well,
0: Margins finally came out with their new releases. Woo-hoo! Go to MarginsWine.com to look at what she has available. Megan Bell, amazing winemaker. Very low. I just got back from Napa. Ooh. That's why I'm a little bit half of a person because I was drinking a lot of wine the last two days. And I have to tell you... It was because you were drinking the wine that wasn't Megan's. I know. Well, the sulfites I, got to I your brain. I got into a total... Uh, conversation with a a winery pour wine pour at a winery about um, organic wines and about uh, sustainable wines. And he was like, they're all garbage. And I was like, actually they're all not. So uh, Megan at margins wine is making beautiful wines. They're underrepresented varietals, meaning they're uncommon from underrepresented regions, meaning each region wines grown in is different. So you really have to uh, look at where they're grown and, and to, enjoy what you're having each year is different so if you don't like wine you might be tuning this out but I'm sure you know someone that does go to marginswine.com sign up for a newsletter because she comes out with new releases I think it's about twice a year
1: and we'll have a discount code coming soon
0: we will just sign up for the newsletter though Right, right meow Uh, why not why not we are Uh, drinking yummy it's the Chenin Blanc I love the Chenin Blanc
1: All right. Uh, sex question time everybody okay so from this listener uh, so this listener is engaged this is from a female identified person who is engaged I'm cutting it short so that we can get to the point Um, so my fiance came home this weekend and we had a date night planned I sent the kids to their grandparents oh so the fiance doesn't live close, by the way. I sent the kids to their grandparents so that we could be alone and get crazy. Plan was to have dinner at a nice restaurant, head to a local adult store, and then head home to put some of your tips to use. Dinner went amazing. We went to the toy store, and we were like two stiff adults, and it was not fun. Big letdown. What could we do to help for this next date night? Did we put too much thought into it? Were we too in our heads? Please help us. Thank you guys for the tips. It has helped so much in our sex life, not only in our sex life, but in our relationship. Hmm. All right. So,
0: <clears throat> fight or flight or freeze in the adult store. I've seen it. Yeah. When I've worked there. Oh, me too. I'm like, oh, oh, we lost them. We lost them. When they're walking in there, they're, <laughs> they're like, just oh, like, oh, yeah, oh. this is going to
1: be fun and exciting. Okay. <laughs> well, there's a couple things here. One, some adult stores are scary, right? You go in there and yeah. it's like, not couples friendly, not female the friendly. The whack Shacks. yeah, and it's just like <laughs> porn, and and they, yeah, I mean, and we're not anti porn, but there are some that are not what we would call sex positive, where it is like, hey, come in here and have a nice experience. It's more like, hey, come in here and maybe use some hand sanitizer when you leave. So it's it's just a different energy, a different vibration, if you will. Um, so I don't know if they went into one of those stores, and there is a couple other things here expectations, right? If you're like, this is going to be so great. This is new and exciting. We've never been in a sex shop together, but let's just go. And then you go in and realize that both of you are nervous and uncomfortable and you're feeding off each other's energy.
0: And then the pressure. Yes. Right? Of
1: like, oh shit, there's a big dildo in front of my face and I'm feeling a little uncomfortable and I don't know how to express what I like and I don't like. And this is just, it's a little, ah. So I would say, Talk about it with your partner before you go in and, be, and and own it. Like, hey, yeah, when we went in that store, it was a little weird. It was a little awkward. And you know, why was it awkward? And what what are we both into? What sections are we into? Dildos? Are we into vibrators? Are we into porn? Like butt and, plugs and what kind? And like, and when we go in, like, let's just laugh and acknowledge that it's uncomfortable. We're in a sex shop, and let's even be brave and ask ask the sex shop worker a question. And see what happens, and let's like maybe plan on definitely leaving with something, no matter what, like a vibrator or whatever that is. I can speak for Pure Pleasure, which we both worked at. Mm-hmm. Um, that store owned by my mom was designed to be a safe and comfortable place for. All people to go into and buy sex toys, and they even have an online store. You can go to purepleasureshop.com. Our listeners get fifteen percent off with coupon code SHAMELESS SEX in all caps. Um, and, and if you're you live in Santa Cruz, go in
0: for real. It's like yeah. a spa. Like you're shopping at a spa, but like a for every a spa for everyone. Well, that yeah. was the thing when I first uh, was pitched by by you to work at a sex shop. I, you know, your sex shop when you and your mom originally opened it. I was like, I'm not comfortable with that, Amy. Like, I immediately went into my, I don't know, it's a sex shop. Like, it just sounds scary. Yeah. And you're like,
1: I don't even own a vibrator. Yeah, and I didn't even
0: own <laughs> a vibrator. And you're so like, no, like, it's not going to be like that. Yeah. It's going to be something where it's comfortable and safe and sex positive. Mm-hmm. And so that was a whole different concept to me. And now over the last however many years, what is it, 12 years, 11 years? How many years now since that was opened, the original uh, be, Pleasure. I think it,
1: oh, God, it's going to be 11 years in June.
0: 11 years. So 11 years ago when I started, and now since then, I've been in so many sex shops. And Mm -hmm. I have to say, I am, I think, a veteran in this industry, and I still get scared sometimes. I'm like, wow, um, this is uncomfortable. I'm getting looked at by some men in the porn section shopping, and I am obviously... just trying to do work yeah. so I can't imagine shopping there.
1: So here's my question because when I go in those stores and I see the men in the porn section in a, in a porn store looking at me and they're like why is there a girl in like a business outfit here yeah. in the store? I think they're uncomfortable. I don't yeah. I think they're looking at you and I because they're like and, and maybe they're checking out maybe there's a little of that too but I think honestly I've seen them kind of try to hide themselves while looking at me like so they're kind of staring while trying to hide because they're like wait, I thought I was going to come in here and there's just going to be other dudes buying things and there's this other lady in here in a you know nice outfit walking in and all confidently because we're there for business. I, I know.
0: That's when I got asked if I would give them a massage. I got asked. What? I was at a truck stop uh, Ooh, store. A, cu- a customer? Yeah. They're like, do you give it?" Me- because I have my wheelie case of all my <laughs> sex toys. I was like, "Uh, what? They're like, oh, are you here to give a massage? I was like, no I can
1: see why they thought you were a massage therapist with the wheelie thing yeah
0: but I would have a massage table then no yeah but maybe you just had a bunch of lukes they wanted something <laughs>
1: that was not the a, extra special a table. Yeah. yeah I don't think they're looking for for in, uh, people who are getting like roadie HJs are not expecting <laughs> a massage table
0: I mean I wasn't offended I wasn't like oh no. I was like no sir I'm um, pure to do a different job. Remember the time that I... <laughs> Do a different job. That's not a blowjob or a handjob. It's <laughs> not a job. <laughs> it is a job.
1: <laughs> Remember the time... I told you the time when I... I so I teach um, blowjob classes to bachelorette parties. Oh, yeah. And, things, and I went to a fancy hotel in San Francisco. And so I show up with my basket full of dildos and lubes and things. And like it's mostly covered up. But I have to go in this nice hotel and go in this elevator.
0: Like the Dorothy of sex toys? Yeah. And I'm
1: like, hey, Here I am, my cute blonde curly hair. Uh, and there's a man in the elevator with me as we're going up and he looks at my basket and then looks at me and he was it wasn't in any way I didn't feel unsafe it wasn't creepy at all. It was just like, yeah he may have just seen either a dildo or a loop bottle. We get out on the same floor and he asks me um, he says, what are you here for?" And I was usually I filter that I'm like, oh I teach. Sex education to women. I don't say I'm like I'm teaching a blowjob class. Yeah, but for some reason I felt inclined. I don't know. Maybe my partner and I weren't doing well in the moment or something. but I was like, I'm teaching a private blowjob class to a group of uh, for a bachelorette party, and he's like, Oh, and this is a nice hotel in San Francisco, so he's here for like a business trip, right. like a tech, you know, tech guy in a business trip. And so he walks down the hallway, and you hear all the women in the hotel room I'm like and I knock on the door but they're not ready for me to go in so I have to hang out in the hallway for a little bit <laughs> <laughs> he goes in his room and he comes back out after like a minute and probably deliberating and comes back and he's like I'll pay you a thousand dollars to go out to dinner with me and at the time I actually thought about it <laughs> I was like you're like, how much am I making at this bachelorette party? Yeah, so wait, I'm making like $400 to do this <laughs> and $1,000. Maybe I could do that after and it could be like $1,500 a night. Yeah. Because I'll probably get some tips. Business woman. But I know I was like, he wants a blow job is what he's asking. Yeah. He's not asking. for. I mean, he, or, and uh, this is an assumption. I don't think he just wanted dinner though. Like he, that was a nice way to put it. I mean, like he would take me to dinner, but then I just said, I teach blowjob classes. So you're probably wanting that. And you're like, she probably gives a good blowjob. So, and, but what I said, I was not in any way offended. And and I, I was like, you know what? I'm flattered. (laughs) Thanks for the offer for the money. Um, I have a partner and, uh, I am going to have to say no to that. But I was really, and he was like, okay, just walked away. And honestly, I
0: was kind of pumped up
1: about that. I was like, "That
0: just felt that takes like a lot of uh, confidence for confidence him to kind of." And I was throw that you out there. like,
1: "Yeah, fuck yeah, I'm worth a thousand dollars for dinner and a blowjob."
3: Yeah, no, you're like, I gave I a mean, damn good blowjob. you more seen than my swordswalling like, skills, really. Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so, anyways. That was awesome. Uh, If you want to hire me for blowjob classes, though, go find us at (laughs) (laughs) shamelessness.com. I'm available. So I think we answered most of your question. But okay, so I guess let's just revisit really quickly. what could we do to help us the next date night? I say, out it, own it, talk about it before. And also
0: engage the staff and yes. have them kind of take the pressure off of you because there are a lot of tech savvy toys out there that are really cool. Yeah. Like, uh, I, I believe her fiance is a long haul truck driver, is what yeah. she originally said. Ooh,
1: why wi- the wireless? That's what I'm it's saying. Bluetooth.
0: There's like a Bluetooth technology like that. Vibrate you from the road. Yes, I think WeVibe makes it. And there's also. Um, yeah, Pure Pleasure carries it. Pure Pleasure. The does. WeVibe Sync. Yeah, and you can get, how much do we give off? 15% off? Yep. Purepleasureshop.com. Yeah, go. So that is something that I think would be kind of fun to be like, okay, no expectations. We're going to go in here together. No pressure. Maybe the end night result isn't sex. Maybe it's a bunch of heavy making out and dry humping or checking out your new toy and how it it feels on your body. Mm -hmm. Maybe it's buying some lotion. Massage lotion that smells nice, or lickable body paint, and exploring each other's bodies mm-hmm. instead of putting pressure on that you have to buy something, and then you have to have sex. That's not fun for anyone. I am terrible with the with the pressure of knowing that I'm going to have to do something ever. Yeah, I'm like, no, fuck that.
1: Me too, and that's what we talk about in this podcast with Reed is with Three Sims is like. Don't be set on the goal of like, we must have penetration in our threesomes. Be open to the journey of like what how it unfolds. And, you know, if the penetration doesn't happen, it's all good. Like be be present for what you feel. So I like that for this experience too, of like outing the awkward, being straight. Talk about it before, since you already did it. Like, how are we going to go into this next time around and then staying open?
0: Or safely going into a sex shop to just buy lube.
1: Yeah. Buy some Uber Lube,
0: Which is in like
1: I wanna Almost say most sex shops. Yeah. I remember when I started working with Uber Lube years ago. I go in an urban city and they were in like two to three out of the ten sex shops there. Now they're in like eight to nine of them. Do you know why that is? Because it's fucking awesome. Yeah,
0: exactly. Well, people do <laughs> know it by name and they they ask for it. It looks nice. It's in a beautiful little glass bottle with etching that says Uber Lube on it. Simple design. It's very uh, modern design. Yeah, it looks for luxurious. And it looks But not so luxurious end.
1: We're like, it's too good for me. You know, it's something that yeah. anyone and everyone can have in their nightstand. It looks like a cosmetic bottle, like a yeah. cologne or perfume. It
0: does. And I have it out on my... I, I've had it out in, um, at my house on my nightstand, and my partner's parents came over, and they're like... Is that some new lotion? Yes. See? I was like, it looks like that. Yes, it's clear lotion. Uh-huh. I'm trying it out. But but in fact, it's the best lube that you could probably ever use on your body. I use it on my hair today. That's why I think I, I asked you about my hair. You're having a great hair day. I know. That's what I'm saying. It softens all of it because it's silicone. And so it softens like any frizz. And I have frizz.
1: Yeah, you look so, beautiful. You look gorgeous. You. you look stunning. So to all of our listeners, though, if you go to uberloop.com and you enter code uh, SHAMELESSSEX in all caps, you get 10% off plus free shipping. And if you're interested in Uberlube and you want other sex toys, you can also go to purepleasureshop.com and get those things there. We gave you the code earlier. Um, but like we said, best lube ever that you could possibly try. We highly recommend it for all kinds of play. It's incredible.
0: The last thing that I want to share and add because we are going to do our Masturbation May, our 30-day challenge for Masturbation May, the best thing, I think, to help if you want to participate in this anonymous challenge, check out OMGS to help
1: (gasps) you learn. Well, some new techniques. And we haven't even talked to them yet, but I'm like 99.999% <laughs> sure that OMGS is going to be giving away free access to. That, I think that's their what I'm going to do because
0: I um I haven't Tapped into using my fingers as much as I probably I know, want. I to. want more too. That's kind of I'm yeah. selfishly
1: wanting to do this contest for myself. Yeah, but also again, go to our Instagram to learn more. But yes, yeah. So, anyways, OMG, it's
0: and there's 62 videos and they're um, really helpful. One time access, you get you get five dollars off if you go to omgs.com backslash shameless.
1: Yeah, I'm really good at really that. You that did, that did it. That Nailed it. it. Nailed, it. Yeah. Nailed her. Yeah,
0: and so then you get unlimited access and you can
1: learn if you're already having amazing orgasms, new techniques. If you're part of our contest that we're doing right now as we speak that we just created, um, then you can use these things to get inspiration on what to do. These videos that show you real human beings with the pleasure that they like to have inspiring maybe what you can do for your own body uh, if, you, if orgasm's hard for you or
0: orgasming with your hands. It's not even a big... Like, honestly, the the amount that you're spending, what is it, like $35? 34, $34. $34. Come on. It's like a couple lattes at whatever latte place you're shopping at. Or like
1: two lattes in fancy...
0: Or a glass of wine Street, and a Seattle. steak. So, you know, yeah. treat yourself to a night in. Get some OMGS. Make yourself, a you know, a hot bowl of miso. And, and enter a contest. And enter the contest. And, and enter it with us because we're going to do the 30 Day to Challenge too. Ne- neither Amy nor myself grammar check from that person (laughs) out there um neither amy nor myself has really participated in a 30-day challenge
1: no and i heard that they do this for um i don't know if i can i probably won't say i don't know if i can actually say the name of it but there is a training for certain sex um related therapeutic practices where they They the students who are learning how to do this therapeutic practice have to do this this thirty days I think of self of self pleasure as homework. And the people I know that participated have had powerful experiences where all of a sudden they're like multi orgasmic and I'm like, So I'm gonna have to self-please
0: and then maybe afterward just go into my partner play. Or you go into partner
1: play and self please after maybe we should add it. Self
0: please could be your meditation. Ooh. Maybe I should do thirty days of partner play to challenge.
1: But what if I get a note of my
0: partner? Well, I know I haven't asked him yet.
1: Or we could be like read and be like thirty days of pleasure with partner could also mean just kissing. Yes. Right? Yeah. That's what I'm saying. All right, maybe doesn't have to be, be penetrating? Maybe that'll be and then in August could be thirty days of anal. <laughs>
0: I don't know, my butt almost sometimes
1: hurts after too much anal. But that could be fingers, um, your own finger. Yeah. It could just be an anal massage with your own I finger. I know sometimes
0: I think my partner has his whole fist up there and he's like, that's just one finger. I'm like, damn <laughs> it's it. It's <a> pinky. <laughs> it's like a yeah. quarter inch he's of pinky. He's got a big pinky. All
1: right, everyone, I'm going to read the bio in one moment and then we'll dive right into this wonderful podcast. Uh, really quickly, just a reminder if you are in the Bay Area of California, or Santa Cruz area, uh, and you would love to come to the Vulva Mapping, the Awakening the Pussy workshop with Dolly, who did the Vulva Mapping um, episode a couple weeks ago. And she's coming to teach a workshop at Pure Pleasure Shop. Sign up ASAP. It is on its way to selling out. We hope to see you there. If you don't know what I'm talking about, go look at the Vulva Mapping podcast. That's either episode 100 or 101. and one. All right. So here is the bio. Read Me Halko helps adults and college students create more self-esteem, self-confidence, and greater health and satisfaction in, in and out of the bedroom using an inspiring mixture of humor, keen insight, and comprehensive sexual sexual health information has appeared in media such as Netflix's Chelsea Does with Chelsea Handler, Oprah's Our America with Lisa Ling on Own, Montel, Dr. Phil's The Doctors on CBS, Bravo's Misadvised, Fox News, VH1, and Newsweek, Marie Claire, Details, People, The National Enquirer, 17 Magazine, GQ, and The Washington Post. Reed is also the founder of Sex Geek Summer Camp, Sex Geek Conservatory, and Sex Geek School for Gifted Sex Geeks. I went to Sex Geek Summer Camp one year. I might be there this year. Who knows? Uh, and these sex geek schools uh, help sex educators learn valuable business skills that allow them to reach more people with greater ease, transform more lives, and make a better living as experts. Also in early 2018, some very brave people came forward sharing harms that Reed had caused them. Reed stepped down from teaching and initiated a restorative justice based accountability process to address his misconduct and make amends if and where possible. To learn more about Reed and his offerings, including his accountability process, visit readaboutsex.com. That's R E I D about sex.com. Here we go. All right, everyone, it is episode time. This episode, we have our very first guest. I don't know, was it episode
0: five or something?
1: It was a long time ago. Yeah, it was right when we were in the Caribbean. Yeah, we
0: were in the Caribbean in episode four or five. In a hot,
1: sweaty room. And our very first guest that we had on the show was Reed Mihalko, sex educator, sex geek, a wonderful human, uh, someone that I've learned a lot from and I like to think of as a friend and an inspiration. Um, are you still going by the Labrador of sex ed? Or
2: uh, yeah, yes and no. Um, so first off, just hello. Thank you. It's so good to see you two again. Thank you for having me back. Um, I'll just start off, if I may, with um, for folks that, that haven't met me before or wondered where I went, I took a year off from teaching because in the Me Too movement, uh, some really brave people came forward and shared some stuff with me that people hadn't been telling me for years. And so I stepped down from teaching, um, was lucky enough to know some people in the restorative justice movement, and we put together a restorative justice based accountability process for me to address um, the situations and also, like, for just for the harms that people were reporting. We did an anonymous reporting situation. There was a whole. It was a a very, a very big, as organized as we could thing that we that I tried to help step forward with and, and create as a different response to what, how people were responding when being asked to look at things that they'd done that, whatever category you know, sexual misconduct or harm or however you want to put it, and this was also. You know, this past year with um the Kavanaugh hearings and all these things, like there was just like a lot of really shitty responses by men to being called out. And so with the help of some really amazing people on both sides of the Survivor Support Pod, my accountability pod, um, we tried to do something that uh is fairly uncommon. And this is not like Reed gets a cookie or anything like that. Um, I was very lucky to know good people who were able to support me. So we had a restorative justice based approach to uh, that took, took a little bit more than a year. It's all online. We cataloged it and, and made it public. Um, so hopefully um, restorative justice and trans transformational justice might be options for people who are looking to, you know, take responsibility and step up and try to be accountable for harms It's also something that people can survivors can request, and communities can request uh, as approaches to addressing harm. Um, So this is the long answer to when you say the the golden retriever on espresso. Um, That is a phrase that is still near and dear to me, but it was also a phrase that was kind of brought to my attention in the accountability process of. You know, read being playful and he's a puppy, like is not necessarily appropriate mm-hmm. as a and even like the word geek being tricky because like what are the ways that we as as men, for me as a cisgendered white guy, what are the ways that we're trying to show women that we are not harmful and that we are safe? When in fact, when you take into account power differentials and systemic oppression, like people might not be able to tell you that they feel unsafe. Mm -hmm. And I was operating under a incomplete assumption of like, I was a safe space for people to speak up. Um, When in what was true was I was a safe space for some people to be able to speak up on a good day. So the the golden retriever on espresso, Mm I still feel like that. I, it's a little bit harder for me to say it because I don't know if it's landing on people the right way or not.
1: Yeah, I get that. And I think I, that was we I want to talk about the email that we got received. So we have a listener that we received an email from that uh, really nice email and um, and they said this in a nice way, but they said, uh, ladies, I'm a 41 year old white male uh, who has been listening to your podcast for the last month. And I can't listen anymore because of what you guys say about the patriarchy, how we talk about the patriarchy at times. Because sometimes we'll be like, fuck the patriarchy. Um, and because he and he, he, he did own up that he knows that there's parts that he's taking personally because of his own stuff, right? He was like, you know, my own hurt and my own stuff. So I'm not going to go write a negative review, but I'm sharing this with you that this is why I can't listen because I too have been, uh, you know, hurt. I too have had uh, women grab at my penis like it was just an object and things like that. And so, and so I get that and I hear what, what you Wait, I guess maybe I'd love for you to comment on that a little bit. I know we're going to get into threesomes and juicy stuff, everyone. But I would yeah. comment on that a little bit on I and like I understand it's kind of the same things with like people versus Black Lives Matter versus All Lives Matters. Like there really is a huge issue for certain people, right? For certain marginalized folks that are mm-hmm. or maybe not marginalized, but who are dealing with something more severely than the general population of other genders, of other orientations, etc.
2: Yeah. Um, so a couple things. One. Like, I'm not an expert in these things. Um, Restorative justice is really important to me. And I was very lucky to have friends and colleagues who do that for a living. um, To even, you know, because if somebody isn't exposed to those things, like, how do you know that those things are valid options? Um, For me to talk a lot about this, it could be could land on people like Reed's just making this all about him and how wonderful he is that he did this process. And that's not, that's not what I'm trying to do. Mm-hmm. So there is a weird, like, how do you mention it? Do you do diligence? Let people know that it's there. Uh, my accountability pods email is still live. <clears throat> people can go to the blog and it's tinyurl.com forward slash read accountability, r e i d, um, And that'll give them all the resources and, and the steps that, that we took over the last year to help people start to kind of wrap their heads around this kind of response. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, when people are asked, when people say that you harmed them, believe, believe them, which is a hard thing to do sometimes uh, because we have all these questions, but like for me, you know, and where I am in my life, like I believe survivors and, and in a world where there's so much minimization and of reports and retaliation and, you know, denial, like I, I'm inviting people to check out the blog and consider restorative justice based community accountability processes, because they allowed me to not minimize, to not deny, to not retaliate. I didn't do any of it. Perfect. Perfect. Um, and the, and the process got off to a really rocky start, but like, I think a bigger message for all of us is that like, give a shit Mm -hmm. and try to do better. None of us are perfect, but it's, it's, uh, as Bear Bergman said, like, it's not what you did, it's what you do next. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And, and so we've got to learn better ways to respond to people and communities inviting you to take a look at your shit. Mm-hmm. And I, and I'll leave it there because that feels like you know, I'm just so in my head right now about I'm never going to say this right and it's just going to h- cause more hurt for people. Um let the blog and and what the pods and the survivor pod did kind of speak for itself and then ask questions, learn how to ask better questions.
1: I like that where I think April in the same bow of believing survivors. And I like the accountability piece as opposed to just a whole bunch of uh, escaping and finger blaming and all that. Yeah. And I'm, I'm curious now then, since maybe we can transition threesomes, but
2: start with the consent piece of threesomes well, on this topic. And this is the thing, like it's hard enough to have sex with one person, <laughs> right? Yeah. And now, and now people are out there being like, no, like I want more which makes it more complex. And then all the mistakes that human beings make around threesomes, some of which are around like, Oh, we're all drunk enough to try the thing that nobody wants to actually admit we want.
1: Maybe if we take some ecstasy, then it will be a good idea.
2: And that's, you know, so now we are firmly in the, this is probably a bad idea territory. Mm -hmm. Um, And there are a lot of people I know who've had threesomes on Molly and everyone had a great time. Mm -hmm. So where do we like, what's the advice at the end of the day that for us as educators, you know, or, you know, pod, you know, for us as educators, for those of us who have the privilege of having a podcast, like what's the advice, what does it boil down to in this huge, complex algorithm of human behavior and how we're all acculturated and, and raised and whatever, baggage we're all carrying that we inherited from our parents and whatnot. What's the actual advice that you're going to remember at Burning Man when you're on Molly and in some cuddle puddle that starts to, to, you know, get sexual. What's the thing that you're, that we can say right now in this podcast that you will remember then, you know, I have some ideas, but I just worry that as we really start to unravel the complexities of human conditions, like, is any of this advice, like, are we really helping? Mm-hmm. Is is it true? We should all just stop doing Molly and stop having threesomes. Is the world just safer that way?
1: That's boring. And
2: like, exactly.
1: <laughs> and then, then but, no one's going to stop, right? I mean, people are going to do it. So I think this is kind of, let's go from like a harm reduction approach, right? Like, you know, if you're going go. to take certain risks, like, um, having a threesome on Molly or with a little bit of alcohol involved, like you know, what are some safer precautions that you can take? Um, is it is it having negotiations while people aren't high? You know, beforehand, making sure that there's mm-hmm. conversations that happen before there's any intoxicants. If there are intoxicants, uh, is it? Um, I don't know that you don't consume more along the way. That you only you only do X, Y, and Z and not D and
3: you know. It's, mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, there's a, there. So, some of the basics are, and this is where it starts to become like, oh, like, read, this is so simple, but I'm like, this is the stuff that 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 helps. It's kind of thinking like before, during, and after situations. Um, in the kink world, which is also not perfect, there, there is kind of like you negotiate the scene before the scene, you never try to negotiate the scene while it's happening. Um, and then you, you make sure that there's a good amount of aftercare there. The biggest bit of advice to somebody who runs workshops on, on threesomes is, could you be picking better people to have threesomes with if you want to have successful outcomes? So the first question is, and, and then we, it gets into consent, but the first question is like, what, how do you measure success? Like some people are just so happy to even ha- have a threesome. They never even think about, well, what about success? Mm-hmm. They're just checking something off their bucket list. Mm-hmm. So like for you two, if if you knew that that this coming Burning Man, you would be having a threesome, like looking at it, you know, ahead of, of actually having it. How would you know what were some of the successful measurements for this thing? Like, how do you know that the day after you're like, yes, this was successful? Mm-hmm.
0: If it felt really good and I felt like, I don't know, I was contributing and everybody was in line with each other and I feel mm. the energy of it. And, um, not even an orgasm for everyone. I think just if it feels good walking away like that, like was, that raised my vibrations mm-hmm. at Burning Man.
1: Yeah. I at think yeah, it's similar that like, yeah, con, uh, a mutual connection uh, and respect and, Playfulness, like I would want to walk away with that, was really fun. You know, that was like a really fun, playful experience. Yeah, I think that would that'd be like top priority yeah, orgasm.
2: Yeah. yeah, I mean, for me, one of the things is like if if and when I see people again, is it going to be awkward because it was so awesome? Like we still can't believe we did it, or is it awkward because everyone has regrets? We feel weird about it, or we're like, whoo. That was close, but we somehow pulled it off I'm not interested in near misses I'd like people to be even if we never have another threesome together again I want people to be feel good that they did the did whatever they did and the only way you start to figure out what those things are for the other people involved is you you know for me you talk about it and you talk about it before the threesome starts to happen if you really want to start stacking the deck in your favor for successful threesomes, like maybe don't have all your threesomes be with people who've never had threesomes before. There's something really exciting about being somebody like invited into, into being a, a, a couple's first threesome, right? Like that's really fun, but I also know the ins and outs of, of who I am and how I am around three ways. I'm a really, I like being people's firsts because I, I have a lot of flexibility for what can go wrong and what can go right. And I'm also not, ex- I'm not attached to it looking like anything, mm-hmm. but if all three people are going to have a threesome and this is your first threesome all together ever, it would be really great if everyone could re- realize that and be like, Ooh, you know what? We should probably just go really slow and careful to make sure that we do a good job with each other And then that spontaneous, organic threesome that everyone dreams of—like let that be the fifth time we all get together, Mm, mm -hmm. because we had like four times to practice getting there. And that I think dovetails into the into another piece that people wrestle with: is we all think threesomes are supposed to look like the ones we've seen.
1: Mm -hmm. We all think porn isn't completely accurate.
2: Well, it, it isn't. It isn't. You know, Cirque Soleil isn't completely accurate either, although for circus Olay performers, it's something that they love doing and do really well because they practiced a lot. They make it look effortless. Mm-hmm. So uh, a porn threesome is an actuality, an actual threesome, but it is a threesome with Olympic athletes of sexuality, more or less. And you know, for those of us who are not Olympic athletes who are just amateurs, um, it's a little clunkier but can still be just as fun. Getting getting a bunch of your musician friends together to play Van Halen might not exactly sound like Van Halen plays Van Halen, but it still can be damn fun, Mm -hmm. right? Understanding that when you invite somebody to to have a threesome with you, they might be thinking double penetration and all the things they see in porn. And what I mean is like, we can all take a shower together and make out. Like that's- (laughs) That's still a threesome to me. And then if, other thing, if we want to do other things, you know, in the shower or after the shower, that's cool. But I'm sorry, but if I make out with two people at the same time, I just had a three-way. I don't care what anybody else says. You know how many other adults on the planet in the history of humankind have never made out with two other people at the same time? A three-way kiss is a monumental achievement, ladies and gentlemen. You are a champion of the human race.
0: That's a lot of time. Congratulations. <laughs>
2: It's, a you know, for me, I'm biased. I love that. That's great. A three-way makeout session, I had a threesome. Mm-hmm. You know, double penetration at my age. Hopefully my penis stays hard enough so we can all <laughs> figure it out. And yes, you know, but that's a little bit more fraught for me in this day and age.
1: Well, and I like um, think getting away from that, that um, sex needs to be mean that penetration's involved, right? Like you don't have to have penetration to... It, everyone makes their own rules. So what I'm hearing is get clear before... The threesome on what a threesome is to everyone and like and we what are what are we in for? What does a threesome mean to you? What's on the table? What's not on the table?
0: I come equipped with a PowerPoint presentation <laughs> to show you what I what I want and here. a laser point and a laser point. I'm
2: a, I'm a sucker for for a laser point and a good uh, PowerPoint. Yeah. Like see, but now now we got it going on. Like who wants to have a threesome while you're trying to hit the next slide? Like yeah. I'm all for that. That's good. The so so the understanding of like what is it that is successful for you? what would be successful for everybody else, having a conversation about what would not be successful. So you can have a, con- like, now you're having a conversation about expectations, but not, you know, we have to have double penetration, but more about, like, how do we know if this went well? Mm-hmm. And and you're starting to have the conversations that m- so many people never have because we're not supposed to be talking about this at all anyway. Mm-hmm. And then put more crayons in the crayon box of what a threesome includes because you know, if making out and taking a shower together counts, then it allows to let go some of that pressure that it has to be a certain way. And then if the energy moves to a place where, you know, you all want to actually have penetration or whatnot, you can have those conversations. I mean, ideally, like you have a conversation about what's on the table, what's off the table. At the beginning, it doesn't have to be that you're, you're you know, you've, you're hand fucking two people simultaneously. Um, which is really neat and a lot to have to, to manage all that and really cool just as humans to be like, I did a thing I've never done before. Threesomes can start to be really activity based for people rather than people based. Mm-hmm. And and we could all use to continue to hone our skills, to be able to check in with people and navigate and follow the flow of where things are going. And generally speaking, especially when you're sleeping with people for the first time, but it's great advice. Every time you sleep with somebody, no matter how many times is try to pay attention to everybody and where everybody's at. Cause everybody's going to be in different places from day to day. Uh, and it's hard to catch when you have your own expectations And are locked on to something happening. Mm. You know, you're like, oh, this is my opportunity. You both like to get fisted. I've never had my both hands inside people at the same time. And that would be so cool. And now I'm I'm so excited that I might be able to check off a bucket list list thing that now I'm not picking up your subtle nose Mm. or somebody's hesitation. And and the better that you can be, and the more mindful you can be to look for those things, um, hopefully the safer everyone feels so that people can also communicate to you in in more explicit ways too, right? Because it's when you're paying attention to soft nose and body language and the person or people that you're paying attention to are also good at explicit communication. Those two things combined really help create environments that hopefully foster positive outcomes rather than missed opportunities to, to change the situation.
0: Question for you. I'm just brewing with a few questions. So I've always had this theory and, and I'm probably wrong, but that like I should not have threesomes with people that I know that are in like my friend circle, like shitting where you eat kind of thing. And because I, I, <laughs>
2: Why is it always shitting? It's always uh, shitting.
0: I know. I don't know. Shit sandwich. Yeah. And I, my partner and I consistently get a lot of female energy in our group of friends that like approach us to have like threesomes. And I'm not comfortable with it because I'm, I feel like the whole, you know, sorry, shit where I eat thing. I'm like, what if, what if it's something doesn't go my direction or I'm feeling like I need more, care after care, or I'm not giving enough to this person. So of all these questions is, is that something that you think is just, I'm, I, 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 should kind of explore that. I know you wouldn't should me, but how do you feel about that? Am I totally wrong?
2: No, to it's, a, it's a really, it's a really, really good question. And, um, there's not a right answer. There's a, there's a, a better answer or air quotes, right answer for you. Like what's the right answer for you? if just, I mean, I sleep with most of my friends anyway. Um, but I also, most of my friends are sluts. So like, you don't hear musicians talk about, Hey, you shouldn't jam with your friends, man. Don't shit where you eat. Don't make music <laughs> where you eat. Right. But at the same time, maybe it's a better fit for you not to be sleeping with strange with a, with people you know as the same way for somebody else, it's gonna be a better fit for them not to be sleeping with strangers. Now, if you have friends that can own their own shit to keep with the shit sandwich for you, but like they, they have their shit together and you all can have a really nuanced adult conversation about sexual health and emotional nuance in boning each other because clearly you feel safe because they're your friends, but that doesn't mean that you have established for yourself that sleeping with your friends is a good idea. So, you know, like it's more about like starting, this is where it kind of comes into my, when I talk about dating your species, really like have these conversations with your friends. Like for some of us, we have friends that we should not go on vacation with. Yeah. This friend cannot handle themselves on vacation in a way that is a good fit for me. It is not that I don't love them, but I know better than to go on vacation with them. And that kind of makes sense. Like, oh yeah, like I love you, but no, I'm not going to the Bahamas with you because I will kill you (laughs) if you and I are in the same room for extended periods of time. Um, And I think that that kind of simple solution, that kind of approach is really just that matter of fact you know what, I, I really, I shouldn't be sleeping with my friends or I shouldn't sleep with this friend because they, it's not going to go well for them. Uh, in the same way, people who live in small towns are like, I'm driving at least 200 miles before I have a threesome with somebody because I cannot run into the person that my, my partner and I banged at a PTA meeting. I'm just, that's not, I don't want my life to have that kind of complexity And so then it's more of just a pragmatic kind of thinking ahead that helps you make better choices than being swept up in the moment, which is also very alluring and erotic. But, you know, people sometimes make choices that they haven't quite thought out when you get swept up in the moment. Um, So it's a legitimate question and go with what, what... the people involved need to feel physically safe, emotionally safe, um, maybe like, uh, like societally safe in your community. Maybe you shouldn't sleep with your friends because you and the couple you're, you're going to sleep with can handle it, but your friends actually can't keep their fucking mouth shut and handle it. So maybe you shouldn't, and, 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 but we will just keep it a secret. Well, I don't know. What's your policy on secrets from your friends? how many bad rom-com movies have we seen where keeping secrets from your friends was the whole fucking premise of the movie (laughs) and fucked everything up. It's difficult, but not impossible. And if you can have these conversations, now we can start talking about consent because you want to talk about consent in a threesome with your friends who can't fucking handle it to begin with. How are they going to handle a conversation about consent then?
1: I get, yeah, I it's it feels less shit where you eat and more, <laughs> more like you're it's, you're talking about with you with your community. You you said your your friends are self identified sluts and probably a lot of sex educators and a lot of folks that are kind of in that realm where um, it is I don't want to use the word normal, but there's a, there's a, and there's a lot more uh, safety or acceptance or. Uh, of something of of just yeah, sleeping with your friend, right? Whereas I think other some people have more private lives. You're also kind of a stepmom. There's things like that. There, there's a little more um, protection or, or privatization, even though you're someone who has, talks about your sex life on a podcast all the time. So different strokes and different rules or boundaries mm-hmm. for
2: different folks. And and this is where like just around the privacy piece, which is interesting too. Like just from a cultural perspective. Uh, when you're talking about like shoulds and like, don't should me, we have this whole weird thing in the sex positive movement around if you're not game, somehow you're, you're not evolved.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
2: So gotcha. if you if you haven't had a threesome, if you haven't been fisted yet, if you haven't done this or that. If you're
1: not down to have the orgy, you know, if you're someone who's like, Hey, I'm actually not into group sex. And then you're, yeah.
2: Yeah. Then somehow you're broken. Like it's the new broken. You're, you're not.
1: You're prudish or you're closed minded or. Yeah, yeah. Vanilla.
2: Yeah. Mm -hmm. But then if we have a a conversation about safer sex and you're like, no, like I need, I need to use condoms for penetration. That's my agreement, you know, with my, with my partner. And I like using gloves in group sex scenarios. No one's shaming you for wanting to use prophylactics Mm -hmm. and barriers. Some people might be whiny about it. Like, oh, but I really like the feel of real hands. And, but then like at a certain point you're like, well, you got to grow up. The person with the lowest common need around safer sex, everybody, you know, if everyone needs gloves, if if one person needs gloves, then we're all going to use gloves because it's just simpler Mm -hmm. and it's better because then the person who who has the concern, we get to address that need and we all play at that level. It's evolved to be able to have the conversation to figure out what everybody needs to feel good for us to to then play and 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 you know be full out with how we're playing. So there's no shaming necessarily around using gloves in in the sex positive communities I hang out in. But we shame people for having needs around their privacy or being like well but I don't want to sleep with my friends, like that doesn't feel safe for me. And then we're like but why? That's so unevolved. In society. They're your friends. And I just want to—I just want people to question for a moment, like how we shame people in these weird sideways ways, and that sometimes what your partner needs from you is for you to acknowledge that it's okay for them to not want to ever have a threesome with you, and that that's a legitimate choice. And I think it's—it's just—it's a good skill to build to realize when your enthusiasm and desire for something might be creating a weird kind of pressure on everybody, maybe not because you personally are pressuring them, but the overarching uh, theme in sex positive community is to continue to grow and expand. And that if you find a crunchy place in your relationship, or if there's jealousy in your threesomes, somehow you're not evolved because true evolve means you never have jealousy. Mm-hmm. And I'm just like, that's not how humans work, everyone.
1: You know who works that way is that guy, JP Sears, who wears the purple shirt and has the red hair and he does all the parody things. Yeah. He's from Santa Cruz. He's coming to do a comedy show and he he makes fun of, you know, like the perfect Tantra man. And you know, all those things like, and he doesn't really work that way, by the way, that he's, he's mocking it that we have this idea of if you are evolved, if you are spiritual, you are this way. And that's, that's not the case. It, everyone is different. I want to, want to bring it back. I, I have two questions as well, but to the point you're talking about partnerships. Uh, you So you're in a partnership. And one person really craves the threesome. I want threesome. It's been my dream. And the other partner is eh, yeah, a little on the fence or a hard no. I Honestly, obviously we have to honor hard no's, but it, so let's go over there. They're on the fence. They're a little hesitant. They don't really know. Mm-hmm. They want to fulfill all, all their partner's fantasies and dreams. Um, they have some openness to it, but they're like, I don't know. It sounds scary, a little messy. What is your advice for this this partnership?
2: There's so many, again, put more crayons in your crayon box. What would count as a threesome? So, you know, the third person is holding your partner while you fuck your partner. I've been invited into bed with couples before and it, and it, you know, we negotiated it. And then when it came time for the bounce, like everyone got really nervous and weird. And I'm like, hey, um, how about I just sit in this chair and watch you two fuck? And do you have any bourbon? can I have a glass of bourbon to sip on while I watch you two fuck? That
1: sounds like, Is there like a fire burning next yeah. to you. Yeah. rug, bare rug.
2: Yeah. Yeah. But at the same time, they were like voyeurism's participation. As far as I'm, if I'm watching you bourbon or no bourbon, I'm having a threesome right now. I don't know that, you know, and if, if, and when you two want me to come join you, please. But I'm cool with just sitting here watching that counts. And again, like I know enough about most, you know the the odd you know cuz for that couple i knew them well enough to know they'd never had anyone watch them have sex mm-hmm. so that alone was a big deal for them they didn't need me or or i didn't need myself to be having any sex with them for me to be having a great time mm-hmm. right and so you, if you start thinking outside the box of what would count then maybe there is a, almost like with improv comedy, like there's the yes and, there's a third solution somewhere in there that isn't really a compromise, but it's a win-win. It might not be what you thought you wanted, but it might address keeping everyone feeling seen and safe and honored and cherished, such that exploring something different and, and potentially like less air quotes than what you thought. Well, if you imagine that, well, wait a minute here. If we let him watch us make love, honey, that's cool. And then I'm sitting there being like, and if you two are awesome and I'm awesome, who knows what happens next year? Like, why is this the only time we're ever going to have an opportunity for a threesome? Like I'm playing a much long, larger game here. So I'm not attached and in not being attached and being able to have conversations with people and then navigating the consent of it, which is, you know, to the extent that we know we're a yes and an enthusiastic yes, like, shall we proceed? And, you know, is, is your hesitation uh, I'm gonna make that mean no. But if you're shy and 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 introverted and you just need a moment, then your hesitation really isn't you telling me no, but you just need some time. Like, so if we slow it all down and not try to rush this, even though I know that the babysitter's done at nine, so the clock is ticking for you as a couple. This isn't the only opportunity we're ever gonna have to to get together and try to get it on. And does that help, you know, like, and, and then you, you let them decide for themselves.
1: I'm hearing enjoy the journey, right? Not be set on the destination, the goal, the end result. Don't have these expectations of getting to to, from point A to point B. And if you don't get to B, you failed.
2: And and this is where I think also like we have to acknowledge, like we, we live on the West coast and you know, You all and I've lived very close to San Francisco, which is like, it just, it supposedly rains threesomes there somehow. Um,
1: Everyone's on a plane um, in San Francisco right now.
2: Yeah. I'm telling you, like, if you're listening to this podcast right now, these words are for you. Um, That you are even attempting to have a thoughtful, conscientious three-way with two other human beings whether you actually have it or not, I should think, I would like you to consider that you are already successful. All three of you are champions of the human race in that you tried to pull off something that is so rare in all of human history. Maybe, maybe not like maybe back in, you know, you know, 100 BC, there was three day threesomes all the time, but like, most human beings will never have a threesome. Period. So you are attempting something grand and I think beautiful and awesome and hot and, and all these other things and can also crash and burn and end terribly. Like I've had a lot of threesomes in the beginning um, not go well. And that was part of what had me get really interested in like, oh my goodness, I think I really like these. How do I help stack the deck in all of our favors that it, it it goes well. Yeah. And then all the things that I started coming up with that were good advice to me, other people would be like, oh my God, Reed, you're just going to ruin the moment. No, because if I don't ruin the moment, I think what happens next is the important part. So me wanting to talk about this, me not being attached to it, not trying to change people's minds. That was the thing that started people wanted to have threesomes with me. And then people would recommend their friends to have threesomes with me. If you're getting late on recommendation, you might be doing something right.
1: That's yeah. Hey, I just had threesome with this this wonderful human. You should have a threesome too. Hey, wait. We did no, we did something similar where it wasn't a threesome, but I slept with someone and I later said when she was single, I was like, You should you should
0: Yeah, you did, yeah. And now I'm dating him.
1: You're not dating, you're
0: the, we're couple couple. living together now. We're living together, yeah. Um, I have a question because you are an incredible communicator and that isn't the case for everyone out there, right? Mm-hmm. So if there's folks that are maybe shy or they are in agreement with their their partner or they're maybe solo and want to have a threesome, want to find it, they aren't really good at communicating. Do you have any tips to help them along or just get clear yeah. and draw pictures? Okay.
2: I mean, well, but yeah, it's, it's, it's funny, right? There's the, um, so for me, like as a nerd and a geek about this kind of stuff. So there's, you know, me teaching the negotiating successful threesomes workshops that I teach, you know, wherever people ask, like I'm the joke being, I'm a dildo for hire. I go where people want me to go. Um, so put me there, come to my town, teach this workshop, read. Um, there's also a digital version of that on my website. So people can go to readaboutsex.com, R-E-I-D, aboutsex.com, forward slash threesomes. And there's like a little course that you can download and you and your friends can print out the workbook and do the workbook. And, and it's really like asking those questions of, should I, do I feel safer sleeping with friends or sleeping with strangers? What are my needs for safer sex? Like, what do I need to feel physically safe around my health? What do I need to feel emotionally safe? around my health, you know, what do I need for those of us who are more woo woo, um, or even spiritual? Like, what do you, what do you, what does your heart need and your soul to feel safe? Um, there's the, the social part. What do you need to feel safe in your community? Asking those questions and, and actually do, doing the worksheets, like writing those things out and talking with your friends about those things or not even your friends, your, your loved ones or your friends, if you want to practice talking about this stuff, so that you're practicing talking about these things. And then you can actually start trying to have these conversations with real human beings in real life, threesome-prone situations. That's how you get better at communication. I wasn't always like this. Mm-hmm. Um, I've just been doing it so long over and over again, and then also like wanting to do work on myself around my, my emotional uh, Self awareness and and compassion and trying to be a good listener, like all the things that you, all the ways that you can show up for other humans who might be stressed out that they're considering all getting naked together, and then you're just the one who's like, this is weird. It's awkward, but awkward is okay. So, you know, I use condoms for penetration and gloves, and I have herpes one. And I got tested last month, and here's my other things. What about you? You know, so you're having the the safer sex elevator speech. You know, you're Can you talk
1: about in our first episode with you that we did with you. Mm-hmm. You did the whole elevator yep. speech. And I think again, episode five. It was on casual dating, right?
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Casual sex. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Casual
2: sex. Uh-huh. Yeah. All those conversations. If you start to practice them, you do get better over time. And when everybody else. Is so afraid of saying the wrong thing that no one's starting the conversation that you can initiate that conversation when appropriate. You're not initiating the conversation at the checkout line in the grocery store, like that would be inappropriate. But when it's appropriate, you being able to start those conversations is also your role modeling that it's okay for everybody else to start talking about these things. And slowly, hopefully, because they're not feeling judged by you, they actually start talking about what's real for them and now you're having a real conversation and sometimes in having those real conversations the conclusion you get to is you know what it doesn't feel like right now is the right time for us to try to have a threesome Mm -hmm. so do you want to cook dinner like we can cook dinner together and then you know and by not trying to get laid sometimes you get laid more Mm -hmm. and people are are happy with you and and then you know, hopefully people speak up when they're not happy Mm -hmm. and then you have, you know, powerful ways to step forward and try to help make things better Mm -hmm. because it's not always going to be perfect.
1: Yeah. I, yeah, I love that. And I keep having this burning question in my mind that I know that the listeners who want to have threesomes are asking right now and they're asking where do I find the third person to have the yeah. threesome with where I'm in, a, I'm in a, I already have <laughs> a second as me and someone else. We want to have a threesome. Where do we go and find this human? San
2: Francisco.
1: Oh yeah. Everyone get in a plane. San
2: Francisco. <laughs> um, the uh, <laughs> They're all there. Um, so again, like now we're in the idea of when I'm teaching dating, and about dating your species, the the analogy is like, where are the watering holes? The people that are into the things that you're into, where do you find them? And, you know, you probably want to be looking for, again, if you really want to stack the deck in your favor, you're looking for people who love threesomes, who've had a lot of them. And and because that they, they're good at it, right? Um it's the difference between going camping with people who've never been camping before and don't have any gear. And then people who are like, Oh no, like I go camping at least, you know, like 10 times a year and I have some of the best gear and I'll bring the stove and we'll be all. And it's like glamping. Right, because they just have their shit together,
1: or the ones that say um, that they have, and then you get out there and you realize that they really haven't, and you're like, "Oh fuck."
2: <laughs> yeah, but again, references, folks. <laughs> sluts, sluts refer other sluts. Yeah. Um, but the, uh, but so, what are the communities? Where would you find people who are curious about exploring non-monogamy, group sensuality, good communication skills, and emotional acuity? Like, where are those people? Now, that's that odds are that the, the person who's drunk enough at the bar to go home with you two probably isn't that person. Um, but if, you, if you're checking out like a polyamory munch or, you know, a kink munch or some meetup where people are trying to get better at sexuality and communication, um, you know, Fet Life, which is kind of the kinky Facebook, is a possibility, but you still, don't know people yet, and that can be a lot of weirdness trying to figure out you know do I want to meet you in person or not um, Tinder and, and and other hookup apps are a possibility, but your results may vary because you know just because somebody's on an app doesn't mean they have all the other communication skills and things so I'm a big proponent uh, of advocating for you know the the old Tech term was meet space, M E A T space, like like meeting people in person um, in 3D. Uh, so, like, I like meetups and workshops, especially. And also that you're going and meeting these people, not because you necessarily want to hook up with them. Because some people are like, oh, I went to this thing and there was nobody there I wanted to, I was attracted to. And I'm like, no, 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 you don't get it. That's your potential community. Mm-hmm. It's not that you're looking for people that you're attracted to to sleep with. It's people that you jive with and jam with as humans because they might have the friend that is the is the the third for your threesome or the couple or the two single people and all three of you kind of groove. Like hanging out in sex positive community is really helpful because it also helps you start to feel not alone. And then you can practice your conversations and exchange thoughts and ideas and, and not feel alone. And you can have all those practice conversations in not high expectation, high stakes environments, Mm -hmm. like just getting your friends together to, to practice your safer sex elevator speeches can be really, really powerful Getting your friends together and all going and getting tested at the clinic together can be really, really powerful because there's strength in numbers. Um, when one of your friends might really be, you know, struggling with shame around, around something, and that's why they don't go get tested. Um, so it's things like that. Um, which it sounds so like oh my goodness like it's so much work I have to have friends now mm-hmm. and then like hope that one of them has a has a friend of a friend that will have a threesome with me and I'm like again this is about the long game in a certain way and if you just have a fantasy about a threesome and your boyfriend's fortieth birthday is coming up and you know you're like shit I don't got a lot of time um, sex worker. Well, I mean, yeah, there is. Yeah. Hire a pro. Yeah, right? hire a pro. Um, no strings but, of but the i but the idea of like what's the value of having community that doesn't shame you for your desires? Like, I that's just priceless. So, you know, I live in a world now that is so unimaginable to most people. Like the idea, like, do you know how many birthday gangbangs I've been to? <laughs>
0: Oh my gosh. how many <laughs> i'm i want to know
2: i mean it's 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 well over a dozen but your um, birthday which or you go
1: to someone else's birthday and they are getting the gang bang? No. yeah they're getting a gang bang? The
0: invitation this is my well <laughs> well you're invited to a birthday it
1: e- e- or a handwritten invitation yeah.
2: <laughs> <laughs> um that's it's actually, delivered by a by, by a, a okay it's it's devout, it's delivered by a well dressed man on a horse. Um, uh. No, it's it's uh, Mr. Darcy will be coming to your gangbang for your birthday. <laughs> um, but but the idea of is it Mr. Darcy or Darby from Dar- Pride and Prejudice? Dar- oh, uh, I thought
0: you were talking Darcy, about West. West. Good. Westworld.
2: West. Oh, that too. Oh, yeah. that's good. I haven't yeah. thought about West Westworld, Westworld gang bang. Um, <laughs> but again, like having community where th- people ask for things they're curious about.
1: Um, okay, I so we we're, we're, we're gonna. There's so we could talk about this forever. Remind yeah. our listeners you because we mentioned that you have a resource in your website. We remind them your website mm-hmm. resource for threesomes. How um, sure, where, how they, where you're teaching? How they can find you? This is going out in early May. So any teaching gigs you have for the summer, etc.
2: Yeah, there's a lot of different things coming up. Um, so. For threesomes, it's readaboutsex.com forward slash threesomes. Uh, that'll send you to to the um, the product that you can get with the workbooks and whatnot. Um, other things, uh, follow me on Facebook. So uh, Facebook, and it's readmihalko m i h a l k o. And if you click on events on my personal page that usually links to everybody else. Cause I teach, I get brought into a lot of other communities to teach. So the easiest way to find out where I am is to go to, to my Facebook um, and click on my personal page events. Cause that like I'm teaching in Europe this summer. um, I'm teaching at a bunch of festivals. If you're a sex educator and you're curious about business skills and developing your, your peer support systems, then you can check out Sex Geek Summer Camp, which is happening in June, in uh, right outside of Portland, Oregon. Um, so there's a lot of different thing. Like there's usually so much going on, it's hard to just like list a bunch of things. But if you go to readaboutsex.com, check out uh, forward slash threesomes, uh, or forward slash elevator, if you want the the safer sex elevator speech. Those are places that have a lot of resources. You can sign up for free downloads and things like that. And then that'll get you on my mailing list as well.
0: Awesome. Reed Mahalko, everyone read Mahalko. Thank you. Reed for also for being your accountability, accountability piece, accountability. Uh, your accountability piece in the beginning was beautiful. And um, I, and so important. And I think, you know, um, I've always enjoyed your work. I've attended your classes in the past and love talking to you. You're so knowledgeable and, uh, I hope our listeners enjoyed this episode on threesomes. We'll probably have you back maybe threesomes uh 2.0. Orgies.
2: Yeah. Or, or we can do we can do play parties. Um we can we can talk about birthday gangbangs. Um yeah. which and again like gangbangs surprisingly difficult to pull off. There's a lot of pressure. Yeah. Um, and I can only imagine. And, and again like but again uh, oh, there's so much to talk about and I just want to say thank you both of you for having a conversation like having these conversations at all like you're the way that you both just cavalierly and yet with gravitas talk about these topics it's just really important because there are people that have never heard anyone talk about stuff like this before so like you're helping it you're helping people um think about things differently and this is also my invitation for all you listeners Recommend this podcast to your friends.
0: Ooh, that's a great, be, <laughs> great cause
2: Because like just hearing people talk about this stuff with some of the like fucked up families and communities that we've grown up in, just hearing us talk about a threesome or birthday gangbang is like, you know, mind blowing to some people.
0: We normalize um, it a little. And I think yeah. like folks in the conservative Midwest or the South where I grew up, don't get access to folks like us as often and even parts of california so uh wherever you are in the world and reed thank you from the bottom and tops of our hearts (laughs) and vulvas and we look forward to talking with you again thank you to all our listeners out there
1: But wait, there's more. As we had said in previous podcasts, we are sharing trailers of other podcasts, other sex ed podcasts, sex positive podcasts that we love. This week we are featuring Tristan Tormino's podcast, Sex Out Loud, which is um, part of the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Tristan's podcast, I personally listened to years ago. It may have been one of the early sex podcasts that I listened to. Uh, And I have seen a number of Tristan's um, sex ed DVDs. I read Tristan's book, Opening Up, um, and I love Tristan's approach to sex ed. So Tristan is a award-winning author, a speaker, a sex educator, a filmmaker, and also now a podcaster. Tristan specializes in all topics that are taboo and not taboo, including sex education, sexual, education, sexual health, erotic fantasies, BDSM, non-monogamy, the adult industry, and more. Um, I remember Tristan being really... Uh, knowledgeable on anal sex is uh, some of the topics that I learned a lot from Tristan's DVDs and writings. So this is a little trailer for you in case you want to broaden your horizon and listen to other super awesome sex
3: podcasts.
1: Here you go.
3: Stimulated by sexual pleasure and sexual politics? Sex Out Loud hosted by me, Tristan Taramino, is the go-to show to get an insider's perspective from leaders in the LGBTQ community, the adult industry, and the sex-positive world. Hear from artists like Janet Mock, Bridget Everett, Kate Bornstein, and Shine Louise Houston, experts Emily Nagoski and Chris Donahue, activists like Jessica Valenti, Connor Habib, and Soraya Kamali, and icons Margaret Cho and Dr. Joycelyn Elders. Sex education, social justice, gender, kink, feminism sex work, non-monogamy, porn. If it's on your mind or in your feed, we're talking about it. Plus, we're committed to showcasing underrepresented voices you won't hear in mainstream media. Listen every Friday live at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific on voiceamerica.com or subscribe to the podcast.